Welcome everybody to episode 141 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at hello, hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and I'm the only person in North America watching the French Open tennis tournament. And you can find me at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me, per usual, is Ty. Where can we uh, find you ignoring dying sports? Well, I'm doing that mostly at SEATJK. And there's something weird in general about sports. And it's very strange. Like, basketball came back. I was super into it. And then, like, the playoffs just happened. And I don't know if it's because the NFL is sort of all-consuming in a way that is... Like, the, the media... Once the NFL starts, the media for other sports really just disappears. Yeah. And... Yeah. I think that really affects my diet. I don't think it's intentional. <laughs> it's really funny because, I mean, ten, uh, tennis, football is just three days a week, right? But it's right. 24 hours a day all week. <laughs> it's like there's a Thursday game, some Sunday games, and then one Monday game. And yet somehow it just eats the entire sports landscape. Well, now that they're like, you know, week to week breathing in each other's faces and <laughs> spreading COVID around the league, it's going to get real weird here in a real big hurry. Yeah, the um, but I and I'm watching the French Open tennis tournament, and everyone's out there in like sweats, and like long sleeves and like stocking caps because it's cold in Paris. Right, like it's in like the low fifties. And if you ever played tennis, when it's the low fifties out, it's not pleasant. It's no, not a I pleasant. Have. Thing. It's not a pleasant thing to do. When, when did uh, when was uh, when was like high school tennis? Was that a spring sport or a fall sport? Well, I was doing that in Alaska. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, was it though? Uh, what it was spring? Spring? Sport? It was no. It was. Um, God, I think it was a fall sport because uh, yeah, I started. I didn't start playing it until I stopped playing football. Okay, so um, by the time you get into mid September, late September, it's starting to get chilly. Yes, and by and by October, it's you're wearing like boots like timber <laughs> yeah actually by the time the season is ending by the time you're in like districts it's inside yeah like you're at the the, the tennis center yeah well yeah. i mean at least you have that option with tennis I, I don't really think about it too much but you know the french open those people are out there just completely and like all the women are in leggings and and quarter zips i mean it's just it's <laughs> it seems unpleasant yeah i've played some cold tennis it's not the greatest yeah yeah but the uh, but you're right the um, yeah football just is eat- I, I I like I couldn't give two shits about the NBA and they're in the middle of their and they're like they're trying to wrap this season I'm like just whatever whoever wins wins is fine yeah and then and then and then hockey I was well, I was watching till the till the uh, Golden Knights went out and then I was like and then I turned around like two days later I was like what it's over <laughs> Tampa yeah. Bay what I can't I can't with Tampa Bay. You're, are you are you ready for like Tampa Bay to be title town USA? I'm ready for Tampa to not have professional sports. <laughs> what do you have against Tampa? I've been to more than one of those stadiums, and no one in Tampa gives a shit. <laughs> they, they like the football team. Everyone likes their football team. All right, but baseball and baseball and uh, and hockey, no no one cares. No, no hockey one should. And- no, it's absurd that Tampa. Would have a hockey team. Period. It's absurd that they would ever win the title twice. Yes, <laughs> I don't know that somehow that other title feels like really recent, and I know it was like 16 years ago or something. <laughs> like ah, oh, Tampa. Anyway, well, you know, here we go. So tonight we're gonna we're gonna chat about some movie stuff. Again, I think there's there's a lot of interesting things about movies because everyone has like cool stuff coming out. Like the Dune trailer comes out, and then they're like, "Well, you're not getting Dune till like 2022 now." <laughs> like sons of bitches, like just release the movies. I don't. I, I know I'm not going to go to the theater. No one's going to the theater. The theater is like the movie theater industry is dying. Would you please just give me the goddamn movie? Yeah. Just yeah. give me the give me the give me the give me the stupid Black Widow movie. Give me whatever. Just give me, give me Top Gun. Give me the Maverick movie, please. I just, yeah. I mean, give me the James Bond movie. Just put it on my TV. I'll pay for it. Whatever. Right. I'll pay the twenty bucks. I'm with you all the way on this. But why are you? Why are they kicking the can down the road? It's pissing me off. It's super annoying. I mean, I, I don't really getting to the theater is a huge chore as it is. Right. Like, I would like to go to more movies, but it's just not realistic. So most of these movies, the large majority of the movies you just mentioned, I'm not going to see 
until they're available to me to watch at home anyway. Right. So like, I would love to see the Tenet movie. Sure. I think it's got, it's probably got, you know, there's probably some sort of back-end distribution negotiation. The fact that the the studios essentially keep the theaters alive, right? Right. They sort of go hand in hand, right? It's like, that's their easiest way to make money. You go to the theater, the theater charges you money, they kick it back to the, they kick back some of that stuff to the, the, the movie studios. Like, it's this giant, I understand it's an, it's an industry. But Did you just avoid dead. saying circle jerk? It felt like you were going to say circle jerk. <laughs> it, is, it is an economy. Okay. It's an environment. <laughs> but, and it's a circle jerk. But, but, the, but what it comes right down to is you got to stop. It's like, I guess AMC and Regal are just, they just need to, they're just, they're toast. Just, you know, just... Just, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do with those buildings. <laughs> but you could keep them open. You could keep, like, one big theater open. I don't even know. You can't. I mean, the economics probably don't make sense to keep any of it open. But I'm not going to the theater. My family's not, not going the, to yeah. the theater. Why not sell the theater to the studio? Yeah, like, why don't the, the studios just, like, okay, these and it'd be, like, the sports teams, right? You got to go mm-hmm. to the 20th century. Well, it's not 20th century. Everything's Viacom now. But right. you got to go to, like... You know the Warner Brothers Theater. You got to go right. to the like yeah, like ha- like half of the studios buy Regal and half of the other studios buy AMC. Yeah, and then if you want to see their movies, you got to go to the AMC, and if you yeah. want to see these movies, you got to go to the Regal. Yeah, and if you got better movies, then your theater chain makes more money. Yes, this, I like this, this plan. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I'm still not going. No, <laughs> for a while. And I do. And believe me, I grew up in the movie theater. I mean, I've spent more time in movie theaters than most people. Yeah, I and agree. and there's nothing that can replace the, the the movie theater experience. But right now, I just want the content. I want I just want to watch a movie. Yeah. And I'm willing to pay for it. I mean, that's and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I really hate the trailer. We're like coming to theaters. And I'm like, great. Whatever. It's not. No, it's, it's not. not. No, no even if it is, no, I'm not going. And, and you're, and they've kicked all these things down. They've kicked all these cans down the road, and I just want to see the movie. I just want to see. I just want to see Tom Cruise fly plane. Is that so wrong? <laughs> really? <laughs> but anyway, we'll we'll talk. So in segment number one, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk sort of uh, filmmaker best worst. Um, in segment two, we'll talk um, about um, movies that you like more than other people. And in the third segment, we'll talk about, uh, we'll go back to uh, movie quotes. Okay. And that always gives me a chance to deliver movie lines, which is always fun. And you get <laughs> Is it better if I different. know them for the listener or better if I have no idea? I feel like when I don't, I don't know. know, it feels really, like I feel really stupid and it sounds really, it's bad because it's just like me sitting here in silence. <laughs> no, you should just guess. Okay. Even if it's wildly wrong. All right. Because, you know, there are going to be movies here from like the 1930s. You're just going to be, you're just going to swing and you're going to miss. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm old enough to have seen a few of them at least. Yeah. And like, again, this is like the AFI hundred years, like top hundred movie quotes. So oh. these movie quotes get sort of kicked down. They like people say them like they just become part of like the, the world's vocabulary. Yes. Like, you don't even know where they're from. But you just like, no, it's like, oh, yeah. yeah no, I know you're going to eventually ask me something where it's like I could see it. And I have no idea what it is. <laughs> it's a black and white movie yeah, from yeah. 1942. I'm just going to say Lauren Bacall like 16 times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get going. Segment number one. So in segment number one, um, we're going to talk about filmmakers and um, some of the top filmmakers. And we're just going to talk about what you think is their best movie and what you think is their worst movie. I'm not even that best worst. It's like, what's your favorite movie? from this okay. filmmaker and what's your least favorite movie that's better and, than best worst yeah because best worst is uh that's always tough but the um but which ones do you enjoy the most and which ones have you enjoyed the least um or if you haven't seen some of those movies because a lot of these a lot of these people have a lot of movies yes let's be clear so um so i made a list and uh we'll just start uh where my list starts at the beginning where all things begin <laughs> Steven Spielberg, 57 credits. Now, some of these credits, um, if you go by the IMDb, some of them are like shorts and like music videos and like weird stuff. Right off the bat, I only counted movies that these guys were the actual principal director. Yes, yes, that's fine. 
Okay. I get it. Yes. So that's, and yeah, like major motion pictures. Yes. But he does have 57 director credits. Um, what did you, what did you put as your favorite Spielberg? This was probably the hardest one to settle on a favorite. Maybe. Uh, maybe James Cameron. But anyway, sorry, I spoiled for a minute. You want to talk about James Cameron a minute. Uh, <laughs> I, so after some um, deliberation, I settled on Saving Private Ryan as my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. And the reason is because there's no re- that movie should not be rewatchable, and it really, really is. It looks great. It is immersive in a way that like I don't know that he's captured in other films. Um, he's good about that in general, but there's less of his fingerprints on it from a stylistic perspective, mm-hmm. um, at least less obvious nods. You know, I mean... Uh, there's not a lot of low low zooms and, and you know, right. dramatic push-ins. I mean, they're there, but it makes more sense, I guess, in the context of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that I have too much else to say other than it's probably my favorite war movie ever, and uh, I will pretty much watch it from... If I run into it, I'll pretty much stay with it until it's over. Yeah. That, I mean, I think Saving Private Ryan is his best movie. Okay. I would even say that it was his best movie. Um, my favorite movie... Is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, I was going to say that too, but I really, yeah. when I thought about it, it's like, yes, but also like considering the, the circumstances, Raiders seemed like too easy of a choice. Like <laughs> it was like, well, is it my favorite really? Like, will I rather, would I rather watch Raiders than, than Saving Private Ryan? I'm not sure. And I, and that sounds weird, but I guess it's like I said, the, the Ra- Raiders has got that popcorny vibe to it in a way that, you know, we're, uh, Saving Private Ryan, he sort of transcends himself. So mm-hmm. you might be right about it being the best, and I, I'm not even sure that I convinced myself that it's my favorite, but it feels like my favorite. Right. I hear what you're saying. The um, I was lucky enough to be a kid sitting in the theater throughout this whole Star Wars Indiana Jones thing. Like I remember going to the I, – I didn't know what to expect as a kid. It's like, oh, Harrison Ford, the guy who plays Han Solo, is in this movie. It mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. Then you sit down, and you're just like blown away by it. Yeah. And I watched it like every day on cable, <laughs> like in the summer, wore out a few videotapes of it. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. and then, you know, of course you buy the, uh, the Indiana Jones DVD set, which is three movies and a coaster and, uh, it's in a commemorative coaster. And, um, it's just, it's just, it's just a, I just never get tired of it. I just, everything about it. I just love it. Um, what do you have of your least favorite? The coaster. The coaster. The coaster is my least favorite. Kingdom of the, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It is. It is. It is terrible. It's, it's a terrible movie. It's like he cut it and then didn't watch it and just put it out. <laughs> like he just. He was like, uh, like he edited it blind in the bay. Like I don't know. There's a, there's a half decent movie in there. Yes, but and the problem is that they didn't have whatever the vision was for the climax. They couldn't put it on film. I swear to God, if you removed. Every Shia LaBeouf scene in that movie, that movie gets 100% better. Probably. Yeah. I mean, 100%. And every, if you just edit it out, I mean, it'd be 30 minutes shorter and 100% better. Yeah. yeah. Especially the swinging on the vines part. Oh, my God. Don't even <laughs> start me. I mean, you know, I get it. Indiana Jones has a whip that has that's infinitely long because he can attach it to places and swing to places. You're like, well, where did that attach to? I mean, I right. get that's a hero kind of How thing. How did it stay on there? But why, but then they decide like his son could find vines. I don't know. I know. So, well, yeah. Don't get, let's, well, you've started me, Yeah. Don't, but, don't but let's not, <laughs> let's not think about it too much, but there's a good movie in there. Cause that's the best part about Indiana Jones, right? Is he's like this normal dude who's doing, he's like, who thinks he's in a normal situation. And it turns out like he's in the presence of God. He's in the presence of ancient gods. Right. He's in the presence of God again, (laughs) the Christian God, the Judeo Christian God again. And now he's in the presence of aliens. It totally makes sense. Yes. It's just a, it's just from, you know, thematically it makes perfect sense, but it's just a terrible movie. My least favorite Spielberg movie and is Hook. What? God, I can't stand Hook. Why? I don't. I don't like. I don't like Robin Williams's performance in Hook. Okay. Yeah, I just don't. It just. It just. I don't. I don't. Know, it just rings weird to me. I mean, the fact that they put a Filipino kid in charge of Neverland is Never Neverland is obviously a plus, a huge plus. <laughs> but I just don't. I just, that movie bugs me, and then. 
you know, Julia Roberts is Tinkerbell, so it's, mis- you know, it's all miscast. It's all just messed up. I don't, I don't like it. It should be I, better. I don't, I, don't, I don't love it, but I don't hate it nearly as much. as like a Crystal Skull, like, it's upsetting. <laughs> it's upsetting. All right. Uh, Martin Scorsese, 66 credits. A bunch of them are Michael Jackson videos. <laughs> Who knows what's going on there? But I sort of... Uh, I look at Scorsese as I chop it up into like there's like De Niro's and then there's Leo's, but my favorite section of the Scorsese. I mean, let's let's just take Goodfellas out because everyone's saying Goodfellas is his best movie, but there is there are a couple of Daniel Day Lewis movies in there, and it might be the Daniel Day Lewis performances in those movies that make okay. them great and make me make them stick with me. But there's Gangs of New York. And a movie called Age of Innocence. Okay, yes. And and both of those movies I think are terrific movies. And I, and aside from like say Goodfellas, I would rather watch one of those two movies. Well, Gangs of New York is a DDL and Leo movie. You get both. Uh-huh. So, um, but there's something there's something about Age of Innocence that I really really like. Okay. And um, and, and a lot of people don't talk about it, and a lot of people don't think of it as a Scorsese movie. But the Daniel Day Lewis performance in that thing is, is is super duper good. Yeah, I think that that came out at a weird time for me. I was like early teens. Yeah, yeah you're, I, you're I, not. I'm gonna, aware of it. I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen it. You're not gonna. You're not. Bro, you're not gonna go back and watch Age of Innocence unless you, you. I mean, unless you stumble across it on cable somewhere, just stick with it. But um, you know, a, a terrific Michelle Pfeiffer performance. Like she gets, she's underrated. It's probably one of her better, like one of her better, if not her best, performance. Okay. I mean, yeah, favorite is Goodfellas. I don't know, like, what else I would even say. Like, you're yeah. like, oh, let's just let's take that out. And it's like, all right, I don't know. Um, it might be <laughs> Gangs, then, for favorite. Gangs is one of those movies you can actually smell. <laughs> right? Like, you, I like, you, uh, what is it, Kundun? <laughs> Kundun? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my favorite. I like, uh, I'd rather watch the Brad Pitt Seven Years in Tibet movie than the Kundun movie. <laughs> they came out in the same year. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're talking about Dalai Lama kind of movies, sure. Um, worst one, least favorite. Uh, Hugo. You didn't like Hugo? No, it's boring, and like my kids won't even watch it, so it's just <laughs> to me. It's like a children's movie that my kids are like, "This sucks. What is this?" I don't. Know, I thought it was okay. There's a Nick Cage movie called Bringing Out the Dead. Uh huh. Where he's the ambulance driver. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's my least favorite. That's your least favorite? Okay. I know. I, see, I, I dislike Hugo because it won a bunch of awards and I feel like it's undeserved. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this animated. I keep wanting, I go to Hugo, I, like, I remember like, oh, I want to watch this. This looks interesting. And then I kept trying to watch it and I'm like, is there something, am I supposed to care about any of this at any point? <laughs> I don't care about any of this. So. I don't, Hugo's one of those movies where it's like, why don't you just use real actors? Why Hugo is just, real people. Like, yeah. Is that, is that, isn't it like, partially animated it has 3d elements but no it's it's a live action film yeah, that's weird you're right i don't know i've only never i've only watched it out of the side of my eye all right this is not good because it's not good all right uh james cameron 23 credits um let's just start i'm just gonna start with my least favorite okay which is gonna be piranha 2 the spawning no, i'm just kidding you can't count that <laughs> it's a four guys just trying to make a living no um i'm gonna start with my favorite my favorite is True Lies. Oh, I thought it was going to be unique. You really? You, it's <laughs> yeah. True Lies yours? Yes. True Lies is like the perfect application of Schwarzenegger. Yeah, action comedy. Right. It's like, but when he's doing the action, it's like, you know, it's great. Yes. And then and he's funny and then it's serious and then there's, and it's inventive. I think it's inventive. This era of Schwarzenegger is actually my favorite Schwarzenegger era. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that. I'm not talking. I mean, this this will, I'm, I'm stepping on segment two a little bit, but the whole Schwarzenegger deciding not to take himself too seriously mm-hmm. and making funny movies where he still gets to be the hero is my favorite Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know how much you love um, uh, Last Action Hero. It's, it's going to come up in just a minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> because Last Action Last Action Hero deserves a rewatch because i watched it probably within the last year and it is still 
freaking good. It's fantastic. It's high cost. Okay, we're stepping on it. Let's just finish this right. up. We'll <laughs> okay. Get there. Okay, least least. I'm you know I I think my least favorite. Even though I've watched it a bunch, my least favorite Cameron movie might be Avatar. It is Avatar. It's yeah. it's my least favorite. It's yeah. uh, it's got real problems. <laughs> sure. It's you know of course it's Dances with Wolves. It's Lawrence of Arabia. It's 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 a man called the horse. It's all these similar tropes, right? Where, yeah. you know, it's not like it's terrible. It's just not when you line it up against, I mean, he's only directed what nine movies. Yeah. Uh, so when you line it up against things like the abyss and Terminator and T2 and, yeah. and, and true lies, the abyss just, is a great movie. It's really good. Um, oh. and that's, that's another TV. That's another one where like, if I run into it on cable, which hardly happens anymore, but if I do, I'll definitely watch it. Right. And the best use of headsets and Michael Bean combined in a movie yes. it's the best better than the rock <laughs> better than the rock <laughs> the better yes right, i be. agree all right um you want to keep let's go with the segment still do you want to jump to a different uh you want to jump to a different uh uh director on the list uh no whatever you want to do um let's do uh let's do nolan um 16 credits okay um what do you like what's what's your uh, what's your favorite nolan i can't decide all right it's Good. either The Prestige or it's The Dark Knight. And I think that it is The Prestige is actually my favorite Nolan movie. But I think the fact that someone made a Batman movie like The Dark Knight, <laughs> it's just like far and away the my favorite Batman movie. Mm-hmm. So it like has this extra weight, right? Where it is, it's more important than it actually is. I, but I think that if, if again, if you're going to take Goodfellas away from Scorsese and I got to pick something else. Yeah. And I think with Christopher Nolan, if you're going to take, Dark Knight, specifically. Okay. Not the other two Batman movies, nope. but the, if you can take the Dark Knight off the table, the favorite is The Prestige. Yeah, I hear okay. what you're saying. My favorite um, my favorite um, Nolan movie is Memento. Okay. That's a good was, choice. It was so unexpected. Like I remember seeing it in theater and going, this is crazy. <laughs> see, I didn't see it until I already knew what the deal was, so I think oh. it took away a lot of the magic for me. Yeah. Seeing it the very first time in a theater and watching how he piece that thing together is just like you're and then it, but then the way it wraps up your head just like explodes it's it was amazing it's like the first time we watched the sixth sense and you know they throw the twist on you at the end and your yeah. head blows up it was the same deal except yeah you feel like you need to go rewatch it immediately yeah because it totally throws into in question everything you just watched right and then yeah. you're like and then then if you went and then in the rewatch you sort of catch all the you catch all the clues it's just it's it's an amazing thing um, well, let's see here. Uh, Tarantino. Did you want to do your, your your least favorite Nolan movie? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just... Uh, yes. Interstellar's my least favorite Same. Nolan movie. It's like, oh, awesome. A Matthew McConaughey movie goes to space, and then it's it's slow, it's and weird. then he goes to space, it's and it's boring and terrible. Yeah. And then he ends up floating behind a bookshelf for like 15 minutes, and you're like, what the hell just happened here? That part is so much longer than I remember, so I oh ran into Interstellar. <laughs> Like when they're on the planet where they're walking around in the water. Uh-huh. And then I stayed with it, and I was like, no, this movie sucks. Yeah, and it's yeah. two more hours from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It fe- you felt like the guy they left on the on the spaceship when they come back is 23 years later. Yes. The guy's like, you were gone for 23 years. I'm like, what? It's like, that's how I felt watching that movie. I like get out of the movie theater, and my kids have gr- grown up without me and gone to college and got married and had kids on their own. Yeah. All right, Tarantino. We'll wrap up with Tarantino. Okay. Um, I kicked it around, but I think my favorite is still Pulp Fiction. It really just, it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and I think it's because it's like five little movies. Right. And they're all good. Yes. And I could watch any one of them by themselves. Yes. Um, and it was maybe the, before he had too much power. So like uh-huh. he didn't have, I don't know if he did or did not have final cut on this movie, but later on, like things get squirrely. <laughs> And it's still this. This one is just tighter. Yes, I think that I think the amazing part about Pulp Fiction, uh, and it is my favorite as well, uh, with a with a hat tip to Reservoir Dogs. Sure, but because because the way that Pulp Fiction stitches together is just absolutely genius. Like, and he and he's been trying to sort of do that. I mean, he tries to do that a little bit with Once Upon a Time in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Like, he stitches like this whole thing together into this sort of crescendo. Yeah, and I really like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it's really good. I think, I think you know, 
Tarantino's sort of enjoying this whole I'm going to just take stories and rewrite history and then make my make a better story. Right. And and so what if this had know, happened instead? Right. What if like Inglorious yeah. Bastards like what if this happened? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you know once upon a time is the same thing. But the way that pulp fiction is stitched together is just completely genius. And like there's all kinds of great moments throughout where you're just like <gasps> Yeah. And Bastards is my second favorite Tarantino movie. Yeah. It's really yeah. close. Yeah, but those are those are, uh, yeah. Pulp Fiction is just genius. I mean, just straight up and down. Like, I don't, you know, you don't. Even, I don't even have anything bad to say about it. No, it's amazing. It's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. All right. Least favorite Tarantino. Mmm, hateful eight. Mine's Kill Bill. Really? Yeah. If none of it works for me. None of it works. None of it works for me. Yeah. I dislike all of it. I don't like any of the casting choices. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like the cartoon interlude. Yeah. I don't care about the hyperviolence. It just, I get what he's doing. I understand what he's accomplished, what he's trying to do. And I yeah. just don't like it. And I know that's probably sacrilege to some people, but it takes me out of the movie and it's just, it's too pulpy. It's too silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't like any, I don't like any of the characters. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> That's a fair criticism. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have, I don't have the. I mean, one is certainly far superior to me than two. Like, I don't even. It should just be one movie. It was dumb that they released it. Yeah, I just. They should have just made like a super indulgent four-hour movie. Yes, yeah, so that's what like, he wanted to do. Just let him do it. Yeah. Anyway, all right. On to segment two. So, um, in segment two. We're going to talk about um, four movies that you like more than anybody else. Now, this is a, this was a bit of a Twitter meme that went around a few weeks back. And um, I thought I'd play because um, I like movies. But the um, it's interesting what people tend to choose. Okay. The, um, you know... Movies you like, but movies you movies that you hold dear to your heart, or movies that that um, that you know none of your friends will watch with you, <laughs> but you like them. Those are the those are that's generally a good sign when you're like, hey, uh, before we go out drinking, why don't we watch this movie? Everyone's going, oh the hell, I'm not watching that movie. You're the only one who likes that movie. So <laughs> what I love about tweets like this though is that. People include like, oh, Star Wars. It's like, what right. are you doing? No, leave Star Wars <laughs> off. The, leave Star Wars off your off your list of uh, of movies like that you Titanic. like. Titanic. <laughs> like, what? No, again, Titanic. No. I worked really hard to pick stuff that I didn't think because I there was stuff I wanted to choose mm-hmm. that I don't that I that I ended up not including because okay. I don't think that I like them more than other people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's lots of movies that I love. Sure, but there's no way I love it more than like I wouldn't put I wouldn't put any Michael Bay movie on there just to move a you know just I don't run across you know Jay. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like bullshit. I like that movie way more than you do. I'm like okay, you're right, you do. Well, it's like most of the movies that I love that 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 I think nobody else likes. You also like. Uh, I like I like a lot. I like some of these movies. <laughs> so that makes it harder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, I'll just start. Okay. I, my, one of my first movies is Quigley Down Under. Of course, but you don't like that more than I do. <laughs> we would have to arm wrestle. <laughs> but I would say that aside from you, perhaps you, I don't even know if this is true, but aside from you, 99.9999% of the population, I like, I love Quigley Down Under more than they do. Yeah. And thank God that I have stars encore, like westerns or whatever, because they play Quigley Down Under like on the daily. Like I've watched it. I've watched it over the last month. I've probably watched it ten times. <laughs> like my wife will walk in here, like while I'm working, and Quigley Down Under will be on. She goes, oh, "Are you watching this movie again?" I think I'm not <laughs> watching it. I'm just existing in with it. It was just it's here. It's, just, it's on. I'm looking at my phone. That's what's I'm going here. on. <laughs> I'm here. Quigley's here. I'm working. Yeah. It's fine. I could use a little less uh, Laura, Z- Laura San Giacomo. Giacomo. <laughs> <laughs> Laura San Giacomo. <laughs> uh, 
Um, she that, is the crybaby cry scene that could go. I could cut she that is, one. She is the weak. She is the weak link in the casting. Yes, we could have. We could have probably casted someone else. And she just and didn't need to have so many it. lines. And I'm not trying to be a sexist. It's just the movie's not about her. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> It's not about her trauma. It's not about Crazy Cora's trauma. It's really not. And it's about, for a good like twenty minutes in the middle, it, it becomes about it, and it's right. it's distracting. And it's it's about this tall cowboy with a long gun. This yeah. is what this is. This is what that's about. All right. What's on? What's your? What's the top of your list? Well, so I did include a Michael Bay movie because everybody hates this movie, and I I'm, I've always been like, what's so bad about it? Really, it's Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I like Pearl Harbor. I, I find it entertaining. I'll watch it. Um, it looks great. Mm-hmm. I, I know that why is it so bad tell me why it's so bad it's so bad it's a, about it first of all it's about 40 minutes too long is it yeah the the Doolittle raid does that really need to be there I guess he I need, couldn't spoiler alert yeah. couldn't <laughs> couldn't hurt historical events couldn't couldn't hearten it have croaked and we didn't have to do the Doolittle thing could he have croaked somewhere else and then he wouldn't have had to croak during the Doolittle raid and then maybe I mean, it is. I mean, it is a Kate Beckinsale like festival of amazingness. So I'm totally down with. I'm always totally down to watch some some Pearl Harbor. But I like the raid on Pearl Harbor is incredible. Oh no, it's great, but it's it's a little long, and um, and I'm not I'm not really always sold on Ben Affleck's country accent. No, but it's beside the point. <laughs> it's just entertaining. I don't it's, mind it. All right. It's the most attractive crew of nurses in the history of like American film. That's 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 yes, <laughs> maybe part of it. Yeah, that might be part of it. Um, okay, okay. Uh, the next movie I chose was uh, Career Opportunities, the Jennifer Connelly. Classic. I don't know what that is. Jennifer Jennifer <laughs> career, career Opportunities during Jennifer Connelly. She's when when Frank Whaley is this sort of. Small town ne'er do well. I remember seeing this poster. <laughs> I did not. I could not have told you the name of this movie if right. you'd asked me. Like you'd offer me a hundred dollars. I know. Yeah. What, yeah, this is yeah. crazy. He's this ne'er do well who ends up getting a night janitor job at the Target. Yes. Jennifer Connelly is the attractive, most attractive girl in town, unattainable girl in town, who ends up like hiding out in the Target. Okay. And they get locked in the Target all night together, like the 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 town douchebag and the town's hottest chick, and they both have problems. And they sort of spend the evening in the Target, and then there's a hilarious break in by Dermot Moroni, and it's just the whole thing is just. I mean, it's not a great movie. Yeah, it's vaguely familiar, but but it's it's a hundred percent about Jennifer Connelly being amazing for ninety. Plus minutes. All right. Well, I didn't realize I, those were the, the the criteria we were choosing I, with. I ended well. I love this movie. I ended up stumbling with this movie in 1991 mm-hmm. because I was like, "Hey, look, it's an attractive girl that I vaguely remember from Labyrinth that I've had a crush on since 1985. And so I went to the movie and I was just like, "This is the greatest movie ever. I love this movie more than anybody." Yeah, I mean, who put in a Frank weird Whaley way in, in all the weird in all the weird ways too. <laughs> Great. Wait, I thought I'd just share that with you. Okay. Uh, well, my next one I might as well say is Last Action Hero because I've always been the person that I likes it the like it. You're the likes you it are. the most. You're the you. I I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go ahead and just award you this. There's no there. You're you like the Last Action Hero more than anyone that I know. What's bad about it? The nothing. Like I think so, what is it that people find there was, objectionable? There was, there was something about it when it first came out. I think people were expecting something else, but then they got this movie, and they just weren't ready for it. The but concept like said, is incredible. But but like I said, I people people wanted a different Schwarzenegger movie. I guess I was. And fine what with they it, got right? was this one. No, I mean I think you just you just got it right off the bat. It, it's taken people a while. It's a th- it's thirty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think people are warming. Up. There's a, I think there's a lot of people who are warming up. If you watched it today, I think you'd see the sort of the eye wink, and and it would be great. Arnold Braunschweiger, I mean, come on, <laughs> there you go. I mean, the kid kind of sucks. Like sure. if it was a better kid, like maybe if it was like Leo, young Leo, that would then this movie would like, be awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a John McTiernan movie. Uh, so it, the action scenes are impeccable. No, it's it. I mean, like I said, it's Charles Dance is in this movie. Yeah. I mean, one of the best characters ever. <laughs> Benedict. So the whole thing is, it's, it is, it's, I think people, it deserves another look. And if it's, I don't know if it's available on Netflix or if it's available for streaming anywhere, but if it is, I think you should give it another go. I think people out there should give it another go and, and go into it with the right attitude that it's supposed to be funny and it's supposed to be a bit of a send up of, of action movies. And then it sort of turns itself on its head. Right. Yeah. So this is what Tom Hibbert from the Empire magazine says. This is an attempt to be both a high octane action fest and a satire on such films. The result of which is the weirdest concoction, the metaphysical blockbuster. No wonder it tanked. I, maybe I was always into the, uh, the existentialism of it. <laughs> Even maybe. as a young man. Maybe. That, that could be true. But um, I love yeah. Last Action Hero. Great uh, soundtrack. Great. Oh, great soundtrack. Great yeah. soundtrack. All-time soundtrack. Um, all right. Uh, the next movie I chose was um, uh, John Woo's The Killer. Oh, okay. And, I like um, The Killer. Oh, my God. That movie's so good. I just and some for some I, I heard there was going to be a remake of it. I think John Woo's going to remake it with American actors. I'm like, don't do it. I'm like, don't do it. Don't don't remake it. Just just let it be. Yeah, it doesn't need to be remade. It's fine. No, it's perfect the way it is. Now, granted, those I mean, from a production value standpoint, a lot of people have some problems with those. You know, a two gun John Woo Hong Kong actioner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it looks a little dated, like the suits are a little, <laughs> whatever. But I watch it at least once or twice a year. You know, I crack the DVD just because I just need to see, you know, Chow Yun-Fat slide across a floor. I mean, it's just how it goes. But I just love the movie. I just, I think it's, it just, it works for me. It's, it has a whole redemption arc. It's, it's fast paced. It's, I love it. Okay. Uh, my next one is um, Demolition Man. And I almost, <laughs> you I almost didn't include it. You definitely love. You definitely love Demolition Man more than anyone. I can almost recite it, start to finish. Uh, I don't know. Again, it's, this is a weird segment to do because I feel like you know you need to offer this insight. But when you really love something, it's hard to offer insight about it. Yeah. Um, I don't really like Stallone that much, like as a in general, like mm-hmm. as a general rule. I'm not like, oh, I'm not some big Stallone guy. Um, I, you know, I it, it was definitely a Sandra Bullock apex situation for me at the time. Uh, it was lining up time wise because mm-hmm. Speed almost made the list, but I think enough people like Speed that I didn't really include it. Um, but yeah, Demolition Man. I don't know if it's the absurdist nature of it, and I think that's maybe where I end up with like I was more forgiving of these movies that like. We're trying to do something more than just sort of standard fare. And yeah. because I was seeing especially so many movies in, around this time in the early 90s that anything that was a little bit different but still held together and had like cohesion and a, and a good story and was interesting and fun, like that's it's long or high on my list of things that I, I've loved for most of my life. So Demolition Man is up there. I love, the, I love everything about like the utopian society. I love the, the, the cops, comfort, the confrontation with the cops. The maniac has responded with a scornful remark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is the whole thing is beyond absurd. But I love. I mean, it's a good movie. Doctor Cocteau, Dan Cortez singing the Taco Bell song <laughs> or the Green Giant song at the Taco Bell. The the whole the whole fact that it's like we're gonna put we're gonna take the the world's worst criminal we're gonna put him in stasis and then. Well, we have to put the cop who put it. He's the only person who could live, so he's also going to go in stasis, yes. just in case just the bag gets away. It's like the ultimate one last job movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you've got one. Pulled me back in. You've got one job. Anyway, the um, I would go off on a tangent here, but I'm not gonna. Um, the uh, the last movie that I chose was uh, Secret Admirer. <laughs> All right, which is I like Secret Admirer, which is the movie that like you know it was it was between that and Real Genius, and I think a lot of people really love Real Genius, yeah, the the Val Kilmer movie, yeah. But um, but you know, again, I have to you know, if I'm throwing in a 
a uh, throwing in one for Lori Laughlin. And uh, granted, she's a convicted criminal. <laughs> I think you're throwing in one for C. Thomas Howell's hair. C. Thomas Howell's hair is excellent. <laughs> In this movie, it's sort and, of a proto Luke Perry in 90210 thing. He's right, got going on. There's there's a lot going on in this movie. There's a yeah. lot of and, and when you're a young teen and you think this is what teenage high school teenagers actually look like, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, there's that part in your life where you're where you're young and you think everybody over 14 years old looks like they're 30 years old because sure. we watch because we watch Grease when we were kids. <laughs> yes, and we're like, is that what high school people look like? No, those people are 29. Those people are 30. Y'all 30 years old. Well, and then you were a ninth grader, and there was a senior who had like an insanely hairy chest and a full beard, and you're like, "Wait right. a minute, so that guy holds that guy?" <laughs> right. And then, and then, so but when you're in junior high, and like all high schoolers like look like that, and you're just like, "Okay, yeah, all right, I get it." But uh, I think it's a clever movie. It's cute. There's a lot of uh, you know, it's it's basically a really long episode of Three's Company where everyone's got the wrong idea about everything, and then it all hashes out in the end, and. Uh, he gets to make out with Lori Laughlin. All right. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Well, my last one as we wrap up the segment is uh, The Postman. I like The Postman. <laughs> I like it. I have no explanation for it other than I just, I think I just like Kevin Costner and I enjoy watching him. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, I have memories of running across this movie um, like late night on cable and then watching it till two in the morning multiple times <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Even you though I know the, how it ended. You didn't go to the theater? No, I did not the see it in the theater. No. I did. I certainly did. It is... The Postman is... I think it's okay. I don't, there's a... I do get a little bit sort of... Misty. Sort of like at the point where the kid like thinks he misses the Postman. Like he mm-hmm. rides by. It evokes emotion and it shouldn't. It seems like it's really... <laughs> It's really corny. When I think about it, it's like, it's bad. But then oh. I'm watching it and I'm like, I really like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end when it's like his daughter is like unveiling the statue. Yeah. Of the, oh, I said, oh, get all misty about it. I get all misty just thinking about it. All right. That's a I good I was thinking choice. about the postman earlier when all the, well, it continues to go on, but the, the attacks on the post office. I was like, we need Kevin Costner <laughs> to save the election. Yes. Yeah. And we, Yes. Who's the bad guy in that movie? Will Patton. Will Patton. That's another reason I like the movie, because I like Will Patton. It's great. <laughs> Will Patton is always pretty good. He's, he's always welcome. All right. On to segment three. All right. Back to the AFI, the American Film Institute, top 100 quotes. Uh. All right. I know, <laughs> These are actually, you know, it's okay. All right. All right. Just hang with me. Okay. This one's number 27. Okay. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Like, I know this isn't right, but I'm going to say taxi driver. <laughs> <laughs> it's New York. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Midnight Cowboy. It's, um, it's Dustin Hoffman. Oh, it's Dustin. Okay, yes. All right. Dustin Hoffman, they're walking, he's walking across the street. And I don't believe I've ever seen this movie. I think I've only seen the clip. Yeah. I'm walking so here. Here. Yeah, so here's the thing about those 70s movies that... For me, even uh-huh. those those like mid to early seventies movies, um, I saw some of them. Like you'd see them here and there, but it was really sort of before cable. And yeah. by the time cable showed up, they weren't showing they weren't showing these kind of movies. So yeah, they're always sort of a like a weird like they just show up in weird places, and you see them kind of out of the side of your eye. Mid-night yeah, you have to moments. go. Well, so I remember seeing on cable. Like, maybe the oldest movie I can remember seeing as a younger man was, like, Cool Hand Luke. Like, that would be on. Right. That, um, that one would show up because it's, like, a movie classic, right? They'd, they'd show that on, like... Like, AMC, yeah. 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 Like, for me, it was, you know, in, back in the, the days where you only had, like, six channels over the, right. over the air. Yeah. Like, you might see Cool Hand Luke on a Saturday or sun, Saturday afternoon, like, independent... <laughs> like, the, the non-network station, the local... Independent station, and you'd be like, "What the hell is this movie?" But like, you see um, the Bond movies. Like, I see the Connery mm-hmm. Bond movies, right? I didn't seek those out. I saw them. Like, they just weren't yeah, because ABC, ABC Sunday Night Movie was always like, like at least a few times a quarter 
were James Bond movies. Yeah, or like 2001. Isn't that like a movie from the 60s, 2001? Uh-huh. Like in my it's mind, it's from the 80s because that's when I saw it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. It, yeah, anyway. All right. Um, how about this one? Play it again, Sham. Well, that's Casablanca. It is Casablanca. Casablanca? Casablanca. 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 Can you say it in a very heavy like Spanish accent for me? <laughs> Casablanca. <laughs> Casa, Casablanca. Uh, this is an easy one. You can't handle the truth. Well, that would be uh, Colonel Jessup in uh, A Few Good Men. Very good. How much of the information do you want? Do you want actor, character, movie? <laughs> like, what do you want? No, yeah, I think you got it. I think okay. you got it. Um, I'll have what she's having. Um, that's Well, that's when Harry met Sally. It's, it's the old lady, though, right? Yeah. 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 Yes. After the terrific restaurant orgasm scene. Yeah. Terrific. <laughs> that movie's awesome. That movie's, that movie's terrific, but if you watch it now, it's so like wildly dated. Yes. Like, and then there's this hilarious part where at some point she's like, and then she is, and then she's complaining about something, and then she says something like, and then I'm gonna be forty, and he says, well, that's not, well, you're that's like eight years or something like that. And you're like, what? Meg Ryan's only thirty-two at this point. That's weird. Probably not even in real life. I know. Anyway, uh. You're going to need a bigger boat. Well, that's Jaws. It's just Jaws. All right. This is a this is a this is one this is a line that um that um you know, but it's always hard to figure out what movie this is from. This is Badges. We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. I actually know this. So, oh, you do? yes. I don't know who says it, but I know that it's Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh, very good. Yeah. That's like, a, for years, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, uh, uh, oh my god, the Mel Brooks movie, <laughs> yeah, in my yeah. head. Blazing Saddles. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Yes. I'm getting old. Yeah. Treasure of the Sierra Madre is like 1948. I've definitely never seen it. So, badges. I mean, that thing's been around. I mean, you can say that to anybody, and they'll yes. say, we don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> like, that, this saying has been around for, like, 70 years. Yes. I uh, the reason I know that is because I've looked up the clip before, so I just I've yeah. seen that part of the movie. Right. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's see here. Today, 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 today. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I have no idea what that movie's called. I know it's Lou Gehrig, but that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> it's Pride of the Yankees. Okay. Yeah. What year did that movie come out? Nineteen forty-three. Mm. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Um, it's alive! It's alive! Frankenstein. Frank Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> Young Frankenstein? No, it's Frank. It's like the original Frankenstein from like 1931. Right. That was that. That clip shows up a while, all the time. It got reused in commercials for a while. Yeah. yeah. And of course, in like you know, weird science, which is the. Uh, which is uh, what makes it great. Uh, let's see. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Well, that's Dirty Harry. It is. 1971, by the way. Wow. Clint Eastwood. That guy, he's, he's like 90. Like, what, the mule came out, what, last year? That guy's like 90 years old. One take, Clint. Movies. We got it. Moving on. We got, we got it. I don't have, shows I, sometimes. I'm 90 years old. I don't have time to do like a bunch of takes here. Let's let's get it. Let's get it going. That made a three hour movie and a two week shoot. <laughs> that's the uh, the uh, the uh, that's one of those often misquoted ones. That's the uh, like uh, uh, Luke. I'm your father. That's that's not the line. Right. Oh, because people say, the, uh, "Do you feel lucky?" Punk. Right. Do you feel lucky, punk? You have to ask That's, yourself, do I feel lucky? Yeah, and then it's like, do you punk? So they, always, they sort of like smush all that together. Yes. A commonly misquoted quote, but we know where you're coming from. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. That's a legal error. Are you crying? <laughs> crying? Is she crying? <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, Jimmy Dugan, played by Tom oh H- my the God. immortal Tom Hanks. Oh, such a good one. Evelyn, Evelyn. 
What team do you play for? <laughs> oh, I'm a peach. Oh, I thought so. Anyway, that is the funniest Tom Hanks performance in Tom Hanks's career. I think I think a league of the league of their own is his best slash funniest performance. Best like, like best I, performance or it's just his fu- it's his best comedic performance. performance. It's his best comedic performance. I mean, the guy's won like Oscars and stuff, so I mean, yeah. obviously he, people think he's better, but I don't think he was ever funnier than he is in League of Their Own. Okay, I don't I don't think I have a, a, a rebuttal to that. You're gonna be eyes, okay. My eyes just started like, <laughs> wildly watering. I didn't even fart or anything. <laughs> I don't I know wish what happened. Our listeners could see what I'm looking at because, like, it's been going on for a few minutes and then progressively getting worse, and now it's overcome you. Right. I don't know what. Uh, does COVID do this to you? Yes, you have COVID. Oh, okay. So. I don't know what that was about. It's still kind of like my eyes are. You're, you're disinvited from my birthday now. <laughs> I have eye COVID. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. A boy's best friend is his mother. Uh, well, that is um, uh, Psycho. Psycho. Very yes. good. What year is Psycho? This is another tough one. 67? Yeah, 1960. Okay. Old. I feel like I just watched Psycho. I watched the <laughs> VP debate. <laughs> there was a, one of my friends on Facebook watched the presidential, the vice presidential debate and then turned around and watched the gubernatorial debate. Of watch. I'm like... Are you serious? Is it really? A gubernatorial debate. Oh my god! It's like, what? Do you hate yourself? Like, do you not? Do you not like yourself? Is this what the deal is? I got solicited by the lieutenant governor via you text. Did? Not you the current know? lieutenant. Governor. <laughs> you did. The candidate, the the uh, candidate, the opposition party candidate, the lieutenant governor, solicited sent me a text you? message. A text message that says, yeah. "Do this to support this person," and I wrote back, "Gross, no." I, I don't even. I. That's so intrusive, that right? Whole, that whole, unsolicited whole texting. Oh, I find I find nothing more distasteful. You could do almost anything you wanted to, but don't send me a, "Hey, are you registered to vote? Are you going to vote for blah 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 this year?" I'm like, what? what? Why are you in my phone? Get out of here! Right. Robocalls all day. <sighs> I don't even pick up the phone. No, me neither. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Well, that's Wall Street. It is. And maybe the single moment in movie making that ruined our country. <laughs> <laughs> really going to blame it on Oliver Stone? Well, it's one of those things where, because of the way he makes movies, people don't understand that it's a commentary. They think it's like, that is the thing. <laughs> that people it's like, just no, want... it's... Well, yeah, because everybody wanted to be Michael Douglas. No, just everybody wanted to be rich. Well, yeah, because look how awesome he was living. Even... <laughs> Even Chuck Sheen knew. Yeah. And look what happened to Chuck Sheen. Well, I'm just, I think a lot about that quote because I think that there are a lot of people growing up who were like, yes. <laughs> this is what I want for myself. Yes. It's like when people watch Wolf of Wall Street and it's like, I want to do cocaine and pound my chest at the office. Right. Like, you know what? Look how much fun they're having. <laughs> You're missing the point. Oh. <laughs> why do they make it so appealing then? Yeah. Well, that's the why whole do, thing. It's why do appealing. they make it look why do they make it look like so much fun if they don't want me to be like that? It's <laughs> a good point. Right? I don't know. I feel the same way about rock and roll, man. It's like you shouldn't want to do that because you'll you know, you'll end up, you know, drunk and in jail and dead or whatever. It's like those people look like they're having a hell of a time. Well, you don't have to like commit you know, predatory fraud to play rock music. Yeah, but they do. Because <laughs> <laughs> they can. Fair enough. Not a bad deal. All right. That ends the segment, so you know what part of the show this is. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! Dad <laughs> jokes of the week. Woo! I've been thinking that when you're going to have to retire the segment at the end of the year. <laughs> and replace it with something else. Okay. I see that these same people sell a calendar called "The Stupidest Things Ever Said," and that's appealing. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so I, I have to get the, stu- the 365 stupidest things ever said. <laughs> 342 of them are from Donald Trump. <laughs> 
I really learned a lot about the coronavirus. This is not like book school. <laughs> Dash. Dolls rope. My God. All right. What coffee do people drink when they're sad? Depresso. Depresso. The, uh, does an apple a day really keep the doctor away? If you aim well enough. Nice. Why didn't the dog want to play fetch? He was a boxer. Doctor, what's the best way to prevent diseases caused by biting insects? Stop biting insects. That's right. Don't <laughs> bite any insects. <laughs> Why did the referees have to stop the zombie hockey game? There was a face-off in the corner. <laughs> face. Off. Take his face off. You know, you know, Nick Cage is like five foot six, and like John Travolta <laughs> is like six foot two. So even if you change their faces, I, I was more they wouldn't cons- be the same. <laughs> it was more about like Nick Cage was jacked, and Travolta's like tubby in that movie. How did that right. work? There was some sort of a no. They catch him, and then they catch Castro Troy, and then they switch his face with Travolta, so Travolta can infiltrate. Why are you explaining the plot to me like I don't know? <laughs> okay. What was this? <laughs> Why was the imperialist upset that his daughter got an A in math? Because she spent more time dividing than conquering. The imperialist. That's the, the phrase that everyone knows. <laughs> well, wouldn't wouldn't she want the, wouldn't the imperialist want her to divide and conquer? No, she spent. She got an A in math because she spent more time dividing than conquering. Oh, than, yeah, conquering. not then. Dividing and conquering. She should yeah. be doing both. Right, but she only did the division. I hear you. Hopefully, like Donald Trump, because <laughs> I don't want to do the second part. <laughs> All right, is it my we, turn? Yeah, yeah, we're done. All right, uh, here's mine. I know you love dad jokes, so here's one in Spanish. Uno. Okay. That's one in Spanish. <laughs> Yo, boy! <laughs> Vamos! Let's go! Should to we the explain overtime? the... Should we... Should, let's go to the overtime. Overtime! I mean, the overtime, you have to explain the let's go. So, you were you were perplexed that a Not team, perplexed. I was just making a, a goof. Your, the team would win a championship... The, by the way, congratulations to our Seattle Storm for winning the WNBA championship. For the fourth but, time. For the fourth time. And the third time, or second time in three years. Right. And um, and Sue Bird has won a championship in three decades. Yeah. Good for her. She's terrific. Anyway, they win, and the first thing they cut to her, she's coming off the sideline, and she's like, let's go. In fairness, that clip <laughs> that I used was from the end of the third quarter. Oh. So I was... <laughs> But, like, a solid hour after the game, uh, Brianna Stewart did tweet LFG with a bunch of exclamation points. So, my point stands that athletes say, let's go, when they win. But they should say, we went. <laughs> we, wa- we won. Yeah, right. Why do we have to go now? Let's right. go home. We're not going. Celebrate. The going has ended. <laughs> the going has ended, and now you have arrived. You have gone. We went. Fair. Anyway. that's oh, So we were talking about, you were saying that Nadal says vamos, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting, because who's who's we? <laughs> In tennis, particularly, when you say let's go, I, uh-huh. I don't understand. It's you. Right. So there's a lot of come on in tennis, mm-hmm. which is weird. Come on. Well, no, it's it's celebratory. Yeah. There's come on, there's come on in a way like, I'm I'm upset with that call, but then there's, come on, yeah. <laughs> and I don't understand like why you have to encourage yourself. Well, it's a lonely. It's kind of it's no, but but why come on? Come on doesn't make any know. sense. It's I you know there's a lot of fist pumping like come on I like let's go let's go and come on feel like the same thing okay. even though yeah like like. You're like leading people into battle, leading yourself into battle. Let's go. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
I don't get it either. There's a lot of there's a lot of fist pumping in tennis these days, like for everything, like for every point. Like if I fist pumped like that, like imagine if you fist pumped every time you like hit a shot in golf and you fist pump, you'd be like you'd you'd have you'd have elbow problems by the end of the day. Yeah, the the only time I fist pump is if I make a tough putt. It's the only I don't time. even do that. Or if uh, I ride the pony. Or if uh, <laughs> if I hit a, a a ball that's got to carry a whole bunch of shit and it makes it. And there was uh-huh. a question about whether or not I was, that was possible. There's twirl. Yeah. Well, I might get a little, little side pump. <laughs> Just right out here on the side. Yes. Uh, we're gonna have to rate. We're gonna have to rate fist pumps at some point. Anyway. <laughs> well, the one that goes in your ass is the best. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. The foot pump. The one. The foot pump is the best one. The one that I have attached to this bottle of lotion near my desk. Anyway. Lotion should come in tubes. <laughs> I have this lotion as the pump, face lotion, yeah. and the pump no longer functions because there's not enough lotion in the bottle. The but there's but there's like an inch and a half of lotion in the bottle. At the least. Bottle. Right. And so every day I've got to unscrew the thing and then like slime my hand with the stick that's mm-hmm. inside. Yes. And I'm really mad about it and I would like lotion to come in like a toothpaste tube. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, the, the, the pump top is just... The pump top, or the pump top needs to be such that they can tell you, like, it goes at an angle into the corner, and that way you can at least tip the bottle and, like, make It's it an work. absolute trash design. Oh, it's to make sure that you buy too much, you have to buy it again. They, oh, well, that's good for the climate. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. Well, I, I understand. At, this is a huge part at, of the problem. The people at Pantene don't give a shit. Well... I just, the Aveeno face lotion is expensive, and I would like to be able to get all of it out of the bottle without so much difficulty. All right. You hear that, Aveeno? I know you're listening. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to at them. Hey, Aveeno, at Aveeno. Yeah. Change your goddamn bottle. Bastards. I'll cuss them out. All right. All right, do you have anything else for the, for the OT before I get to the last piece? No, we're long already, so by all means, all right. let's move on. Are we? Are we long? A little bit. Oh, whatever. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> this week we bid goodbye to one of Rock's icons, Mr. Edward Van Halen, who passed away this week at the age of 65, which is too young. Pretty young. But as I explained to my children, when you spend a lifetime smoking and drinking, like bad things happen to you when you get into later into life. But uh, there was a, certainly a, a huge outpouring for Eddie Van Halen. As there should be. It seemed like, you know, from from the casual observer point of view, it's like it's a guy who just was a genius guitar player, always brought a lot of fun and joy. It always looked like he was enjoying himself, like never looked like he was not enjoying himself on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I've spent countless hours listening to Van Halen records. And I made my kids watch like <laughs> 12 minute guitar solo yesterday. Uh and it was just he's just been a big part of my life. I you know I you know I you know I stole a tape of Van Halen Diver Down from my brother in 1983, and ever since then you know just been uh, you know just been part of my life. So it's uh, it's 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 sad to see folks like that go, but uh, it gave me a chance to just enjoy a bunch of Van Halen over the last couple of days. Um, the best piece of Van Halen that you might, if, you, if you're interested in enjoying some Van Halen, is the, uh, go onto YouTube and look for the full set from the 1983 Us Festival. Okay. It's amazing. It's the most Van Halen thing ever. So if you do one thing, watch that. David Lee Roth is so drunk, but the band is just amazing, and it's just it's just a lot of fun. It's just two hours of complete rock and roll joy. So uh, check it out. Um, anybody who loves this genre of music has sort of an Eddie Van Halen thing. I don't think I don't. I can't imagine there's. I, you just can't love sort of what we call metal and not love Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, I understand if you don't love some of the Van Halen songs, but certainly everybody tips a cap to. The guy who sort of turned turned guitar playing on its head, you know. Yeah, I, I, so Van Halen was a big part of my childhood. Um, personally, uh, I, like I never really, 
I didn't even like fifty one fifty that much. I felt like it, everything after that was kind of gross. Yeah, I don't know. Just the guitar playing was still great. I never got into Van Hagar. Didn't enjoy it at all. Um, I love nineteen eighty four. It was a huge part of my upbringing. Um, oh yeah, huge. And yeah, I mean Eddie inspired a generation of musicians. Um, my favorite Eddie moment is probably in Beat It because I was such a huge fan of Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, and that for a long time, that was like a secret. I remember when I found that out, that, that it was, uh, Eddie Van Halen was pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> That's funny. The first time I heard Beat It, I was like, it's Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> well, I remember like people said that like, oh, they're trying to make it sound like Van Halen. I remember that at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but what's funny about that is Quincy, apparently Quincy Jones calls him. Right. Eddie goes down there for like an hour. Like blows through it in like one take, yes. and he does it for free. Yeah, because he had an agreement with the other guys in the band that they wouldn't do side projects. <laughs> He's like, I'll just do it for free. I'll just come down, record a guitar solo for you, and uh, whatever. Although he seems like a nice kid, yeah. this Michael Jackson. Why don't you shoot me a case of beer? <laughs> right. That was the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so goodbye to Eddie Van Halen. Um, you know, he will be. Uh, He'll be missed, and the uh, the uh... oh, there's also an excellent uh, there's also an excellent um, segment that he did for the Smithsonian Institute like a year a year or two ago, talking oh, yeah. about his story as an immigrant, like um, and uh, it's it's terrific. So that's another a good hour of your time that you could spend. But uh, goodbye to Eddie, uh, we loved him. All right, well, that's our show for the night. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Two on Three Pod, where we hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, and Staying out of the way to the crazy people. Uh, But uh, we'll be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. But until then, peace. Peace.